Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. In this week's episode, we take a deep dive into the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. This is one of our favorite stories in the Bible altogether, one you've probably heard us reference multiple times in previous episodes, so we're really excited to dive into this. We are joined by Josh Cummings. You're going to hear his voice on a couple episodes. He joined us on his kind of solo episode about 20 episodes ago on Disney earlier this year, and it was one of our most well-received episodes, so we're excited to have him join as just an additional voice in our study of scripture, and so he is joining us on this one. One point that I do want to make before we dive into this story in John is that we hope and pray two things. The first is that some of the language that we are using over and over and over again We want that to become familiar with you as our listeners as well when you read the scripture. So we're learning and constantly growing with how we understand the Bible, how we read it, how we apply it. And some of the things that repeat often are the word themes, the word culture, and the words motif and hyperlinks and Old Testament and Jewish culture. And so... We want those things that we're learning as we study the Bible um, to become familiar with you guys as well. So you can then use them in your language and have another lens to study the Bible as you go through and hopefully read along with us as we read. So that's one thing. We're hoping that you're a part of this learning process with us, not just on the receiving end. And two, we pray that any little piece of information, any conversation that we have, every discussion we have, every type of study that we do here, every testimony that is shared sheds a new light on the scripture so that you can get to know Jesus more. That is the end result that all of us should be striving for, to know Jesus more. So as we're going through the book of John, it is not to amass any amount of knowledge. It is not to create some sort of thesis. It isn't to have fun talking about historical anecdotes about culture. It is all designed with the ultimate goal of getting closer to Jesus, getting closer to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and being familiar with the God that you claim to follow. Stick around as you encounter Christ, culture, and community in the story of the Samaritan woman. What song are you singing there, man? Are we live? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're live. How long have we been live? Seriously? Just, just right now. Just, oh, just okay. Right. Yeah. Liv- Olivia, something like Olivia. Yeah, so... That's a sign. What? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you need to name your daughter... Are we live still? Yes. Yeah. No, we're Olivia. not, are we? No, yeah. we are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to name your daughter Olivia's. Yeah, not not Avery or... I'm, I'm toying with non-A names recently. Well, you're going that to have opens a up the giant to... category of names. Yeah, like the a rest lot of more. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them. Like Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Abimelech. Abimelech. I don't know. It's still an A. Yes. I was going to say one. yeah. It's a... Yeah, it's a soft name. <sighs> okay. I was going to ask. Oh, um, what if you could pick one person in the world that would narrate the Bible? For you, you had an audio book and you could only hear the Bible with this person's voice. Like, what, what, what person would it be? 
Morgan Freeman. Yeah. 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 I, I, it, it's really <laughs> that would get, that would get old voice. to me. Bodie Balkum. Yeah. But Morgan Freeman would get old for you. Yeah. Really? Bodie Balkum like raspy. Do I have like, to like ah. choose a different person? Because that's who I thought. Of yeah. I was just like Bane. I um Bane like. I was born in the darkness. Oh, yeah. oh gosh! <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the actor who plays him? Uh, Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. I was on somebody with an Irish accent. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, I would Conor want McGregor. Yeah, yeah Conor that's McGregor. a little much. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little much. I was like the guy's voice. I like. I like the accents from um, that show Peaky Blinders and the advertisements. Like that yeah. old, oh, old English. Like old Irish. Yep. Awesome. I, Irish. I would want that. Something Irish. Forget that. I don't have a person. Now, Conor McGregor, I can't understand, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about female voice? What female voice? Oh, man. Why is that so difficult? Are you just don't consider women's voices valuable? No, just, I mean, if they want to read, <laughs> if they want to read Ruth, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> wow. Or Esther. I, no, it's just like, it, it's weird to hear vice versa. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want a guy to read Ruth. You know what I mean, or 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 Esther. I got. Look at those characters. I wouldn't want their. Yeah, you want like an yeah. actual female voice. If it's a few, yeah, maybe so, like Amy Poehler or something. Amy Poehler <laughs> from Inside, like the the voice of happiness in Inside Out, right? I was just thinking Leslie Nope. I don't know why. Yeah, but I actually wouldn't want that. I think that would be like, really old. Yeah, I can't think. I um would probably go. I'll think about it. But that like, there's a couple. Um, like actors and actresses over the years, I've, I've had like a raspy voice that I've liked. Like I think I would think of Rashida Jones, be one of them. Oh, okay. She oh, who's voice. the who's the uh, who was the lady in Fences with Denzel? Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? I can picture her face, but I don't uh, know her she just won. What? All right, so uh, um, uh, what's her name? Honestly, uh, Viola, Davis. Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah, I'm so okay. bad with Viola Davis. Viola Davis, yeah. actors and stuff. I'm sticking with that. Okay. I'll go to Rashida Jones for now. I'll have to think about that one. But what do you think, for, Cole? I literally don't know. Of one I name. don't know actors, at, at least like their voice that well, where I know like Morgan Freeman has like done a million narrations Bruce and stuff. Bruce Willis has a pretty nice voice. Like he has a very soft voice. Does he? Yeah. I, I could tell you who I wouldn't want to hear. Who's the parrot in uh, Aladdin? Do you know what's funny? I knew you were going to say that. Oh my Did God, really? that is. Huh? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, I'm really it, mad at myself. Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, oh God. that's true. Well, he, he passed away. Yeah. Years ago, so then so. I guess I won't. Yeah. R.I.P. Mike Myers. How about that? Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is his accent? I think that's Scottish. I think that's Scottish. I kind of like that accent. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Scottish. Yeah. Well, he is Scottish, I believe. I can tell you, I wouldn't <laughs> want I wouldn't want Ben Shapiro doing it. I, that would drive me nuts after a couple. <laughs> Okay. I just don't care about your feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, where, was Ben here? <laughs> yeah. You ever see him like react to people talking about his voice? He's like very aware that that's like an effect okay. he has. And he's like, I would change it if I could. I'm not a big fan of it either. You know? um, okay. So for our chapter of John today or a section of John that we'll be covering today, Joe, what is it about? Who we, who we cover? <clears throat> the woman at the well. Yeah. Yeah. Samaritan woman to be exact. Samaritan woman. All right, yeah. so we so what have we covered so far? Up until this point, yeah, the so prologue we, for John with the mm-hmm. prologue. We covered. Did we talk? We, I think we talked about the Philip and Nathaniel's calling a little bit. Very, li- yeah, very yeah, little. Very little. Um, we talked about the wedding at Cana. We talked about the cleansing of the temple in Jerusalem. Yes, Nicodemus. Yeah. Yes, yep. Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus. Yep. 
And that brings us to the one with the well. And I think the reason why I wanted to make sure we talked about Nicodemus because <laughs> – so you, Yeah, you brought that up and I forgot to mention yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that it's actually parallels. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you mentioned uh, in the last one – by the way, man, I, I really liked the couple of points you brought up in the last episode. Um, and I was going to tell you in private, but I just thought of it now. Like the one point you brought up, which I think was like really insightful, the one um, where it, you looked at like how – the words of Nicodemus like decrease, yeah, and Jesus' words increase. Mm-hmm. That was like such a cool insight that I did not, I would, I did not notice, and I've read that like a dozen yeah, times. Yeah, because well, yeah, to bring to connect it with this, it does the opposite here. Yeah, yeah. So I was in my Bible that had like the little notes on the side. I knew that's where we were going, so I, I made a little chart of mm-hmm. like the left and the right, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if we'll cover like all the yeah. the ones tonight that I came up with. That you probably have more than I do offhand, but anyway, I noticed like five. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's uh, I mean, it depends how detailed you want to go, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So, do you want to read the chapter first or the section first at least? Yeah, Josh, take it away. All right, yeah, yeah, man. Oh yeah, so Josh is with us tonight. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> just, what yeah. an intro. We just jump yeah. right in. Hey guys, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah. So uh, Josh did the episode with us on uh, we covered Disney and Hollywood and stuff, and so he's. Uh, just a, another voice in the conversation tonight talking about the Bible, so we're excited yeah. about Glad to that. be back again. Yeah, man. Right. He's going to be in a couple episodes that will be coming out soon. So. That's right. Um, what uh, verse do you want me to read to? Um, go up to 30. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar? Sychar, yeah. near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into the everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who could tell me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Killed it, man. Thank you. you should, your check will be in the mail. Ah, thank you. Joe, uh, Joe sent it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I've, I've actually been waiting it uh, for it from for the last, the last episode. <laughs> so if yeah. you could uh, get that, speed that up. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll endorse, mail. Yeah, we'll endorse my Nike now. So, <laughs> oh, sweet, yeah. sweet. <laughs> I picked a random thing. Yeah, it's, it's the worst probably, one. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, not the one we want to be endorsed by. But. Well, it's better <laughs> endorsing them. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's. Let me just ask this question before we start comparing the two. Yep. What is what do you think the purpose is in making and contrasting these two stories? So like now that it's been brought to my attention that these are contrasted, right? So there are, there's a bunch of differences that I'm saying and important differences. Why are they contrasted? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a little bit of a loaded question. I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, clearly uh, that the, the doors are now open to like, like we just, on last episode like we talked about where uh that barrier now is now down that separated the jews and the gentiles and i mean for thousands of years now the jews were supposed to be a light to the nations and they haven't been Mm. and that the one prophet that you know that moses promised that's going to be better than himself that uh john the baptist says is now here is doing this and you're seeing it unfold what jonah tried to understand what jonah tried to understand that couldn't yeah um it's it's finally here now. The messianic age is now here, and but the, more so of a comparison is that kind of like we talked about in the uh, Nicodemus episode, where when you're steeped in tradition and when you're under the tyranny of normal, uh, you're going to miss a lot because you're stuck in you're, you've closed your mind to any you put God in a box essentially. Mm-hmm. And this is breaking God out of that box. So I noticed the the multiple ways that Jesus interacts. Like the, the contrast that I think matters to me that kind of helps mm-hmm. answer that question is that the way that you can either come to Jesus or he can also pursue you. So like the encounter that Correct. you have with him, there's two ways to meet him and there's two ways to break out of the, the box you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and both of them have parts that are initiated on both sides. Um, but it's just interesting. Like there's multiple ways where sometimes you're doing your, you're just about your everyday life and Jesus is just there and he's undeniable. And then sometimes he's, you know, you have to go out of your way to seek him in in private. And then on the flip side of that, what do you do with that once you meet him? Yeah. The responses are, 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 I I would almost argue that there's a third one. Um, in the previous, uh, in chapter two, talking about, uh, Philip and Nathaniel, where somebody brings you, to, to, Christ, to yeah. Christ and shows how he's working in your life or how he's there, it, which is a little similar to Jesus just being there. It's just with a helping hand alongside of it. And similar to Andrew, like the only yeah. a few times Andrew's mentioned, he's like bringing people to mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. This person needs help. This person. So being brought to him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's a, that's a good point too. So anyway, I just, we're talking about the differences. I'm like, uh, uh, the main reason, I guess, would be that. God connects and relates to us in different ways and breaks us out of that previous box. 
Does that be the main? Yeah, and I think like we talked about in the Nicodemus one where the obvious John three sixteen for God so loved the world, we just take that for granted now, but Nicodemus, that would have shocked him. Yeah. And then right after that, you see him not only going to the world, but going to the their most hated race. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he's really taking that literally. And, you know, the history behind Samaria and most Jews went completely out of their way to go around Samaria, and he says he needed to go, you know, and, and so. Yeah, that is, I noticed that this time we were just right through it. Yeah, that, yeah. That we're needed to go. Yeah. Needed mm-hmm. to go through it. All right, so um, set the scene for a little, uh, for the, the setting, you know, what you're talking about, Samaria, and we can highlight some of the differences, and we'll, we'll talk through it. Yeah, so um, as we mentioned, like, these are deliberately juxtaposed, like, right next to each other. Um, so you, you have Nicodemus, then immediately after you have the Samaritan woman, and there's, it's almost like an exact opposite picture. And you said you, that you, you pointed out a couple, but some of the obvious ones are Nicodemus is a man, this is a woman. Uh, Nicodemus was a Jew. This was a Samaritan, their, most, their like, arch nemesis. Uh, he was a teacher of Israel. She has no name. He was the member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, she was of the enemy race. He knew the scriptures, and she knew folklore and tradition. He was the epitome of morality. He was a Pharisee. Uh, she was immoral with multiple husbands. He came by night. She came in broad daylight. He was left speechless, and she left telling her whole town. Hmm. So some just obvious uh, things there. I mean, maybe not obvious if, you're just, if you don't know that they're connected. Then, because we have, unfortunately, we have like chapter breaks and, you know, things like that. I never paralleled them in my brain. Yeah, right. You just just read them as two separate stories. But then if you notice that they're parallels, you're like, oh, they're really, like, they're really opposite. It's interesting to think of it that way. Yeah. Because it's, I've never done that. Yeah. You know, but seeing them compared and contrast and, and, you know, studied together, mm-hmm. it's it's a really cool way to think about it. And knowing how artistic and pre-planned like John is when he's mm-hmm. writing. Yeah, yeah. And knowing that this is not included in other books, right? And then include, Correct. And right. including it here. Mm-hmm. And knowing how intentional, not that the Holy Spirit's not intentional with every author, but he seems artistically yeah. intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right, like he says, for God to love the world, a lot, a lot of John is about love and the world. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing the story behind that, mm-hmm. where Jesus is going out and doing that. Um, so in every aspect of the world's standards, Nicodemus is a much better person, for lack of better words. Like he's he's just better. And uh, but the paradox is that he leaves not understanding, and his yeah. and his not only superstition, his traditions blind him. Like he's got a veil in front of him, and he can't and he can't see it, and he's literally left speechless after his like third question and you don't hear of him again you don't hear him again until like the end of john when he's like that sounds is heartbreaking yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah. because you know I, I, we talked about last episode where we, we think we we're, we're pretty confident that we'll see him again you know we we think he, he's got it but he's definitely not as bold as she was and he, he definitely he yeah. didn't get it immediately <laughs> and he didn't skip away shouting the right 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 yeah. yeah telling everybody in the town yeah like, yeah come yeah. see a man who told me everything mm-hmm. i did yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's such a stark difference. Correct. Both right. of them. I wish I had a better I wish I knew what he looked like. Nicodemus? Yeah. Uh, probably. Like specifically. I, 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 I could characterize him sound as racist, like a but I wasn't person, gonna sound like, you know, like Yeah, I mean, you know, probably the long beard, curls, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Well that begs the question, are we being more of a Nicodemus or a Samaritan when woman in this instance? When we found Christ, we are Christians, are we are hmm. we just 
sitting back like like we know the truth and we're doing our thing or are we boldly proclaiming what we now know mm. and what we have known? Person, I think we go in waves. Yeah. I think we start off as the Samaritan woman mm-hmm. and then we become the Nicodemus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked about this that um, you start out with that like fire and the passion and you want everybody to know mm-hmm. and then it's almost as you learn more or as you get more like Christians around you, they like, not that they're putting out your fire but that they're like almost not shushing you but it's like dampening it dampening down. Dampening it down and, and like you you focus you start focusing more on church or start focusing more on the learning aspect of it which are both very good things to to work on in your christian life but then you lose that like passion of outreach and like people need to know this good news that i have like we i think we talked about it maybe during the nicodemus episode like if you had like the cure for cancer you would like be telling everybody mm, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and yeah. the imminence of his return and mm-hmm. stuff like that I'm curious to follow the the character arc that's not written of the Samaritan moment after. Like, did that passion, did they, that, oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. zeal stay at max capacity for a long, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder what her wave looked like. Did mm-hmm. she go back into, like, a Peter? Did she deny, you know what I mean? Eventually, mm-hmm. did she have that, that kind of... Um, it's hard to think about it that way, because, yeah. like, like, when I think about it, I'm like, if I was face-to-face with Christ, I feel like I would be, like, 24-7 just procla- proclaiming him, but then we see Peter who was with him all the time and mm-hmm. then denied him. Mm. So it's like, is that what the Samaritan woman did? You know, yeah. that, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> well, and it's also, I, I would almost lean to, just to my, this is my inference. Yeah. I would almost say no, I, I, no, I, no that she sh- wouldn't deny as yeah. deeply as Peter did just because of how much she was forgiven mm. physically in the external sense, right? Like multiple husbands, like it was restored as an identity, you know? And, and Peter, he was a fisherman before, like you know what I mean. Like I, I don't know. He wasn't brought back from the pits of right. earthly oh, yeah. hell. Yeah, and he was. A, he wasn't a hated race. Yeah, he, I mean Jesus flipped everything. Hated gender, this. hated like, race, yeah. hated social status, hated yeah. sexual status. Hated she has nothing to lose. Nothing. She don't and care. He gave like, her her life back, literally and spiritually. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know some of the most of the apostles had lives. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Some, well, some, I mean, especially some Paul, natural yeah. attribute. Yeah, yeah. But like. You know, even like Matthew, like he had he had a he had a job and he had standing. Mm-hmm. Even though he wasn't well liked, he was still yeah. had standing and influence. And Luke wasn't a, necessarily an apostle, but he was a doctor. Mm-hmm. He was a physician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, so anyway, I, I don't know at all. But like, if I were to take a guess, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't guess her. But then again, I wouldn't guess Peter before reading that part right. too. So, but I mean, you do see that throughout the Gospels that the more you have to lose the rich young ruler, the less likely you are to. When things get tough. Yeah, to, to accept him mm. because you got to lose your life. So the more you have to lose, the less likely you are to lose it because the rich young ruler just couldn't give up one thing. Yeah. You know? And But if you hadn't, if you don't have that one thing to, to give up, it's like, yeah, screw it. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a cool part of this, though, is that she gradually, throughout the conversation, she starts to, she recognizes him more and more. So it wasn't immediate, but it's quick. Mm. You know, so first she recognizes him as a Jew. Then she recognizes him as a prophet. And then she calls him the Messiah. Um, and 
I think that just keeps in line with the, with, with the pattern of the reversal where the Samaritans get painted in a good light and the Jews, especially the high, like hierarchical Jews, like mm-hmm. get painted in a bad light. And that's pr- pretty much themed throughout the scriptures in the New Testament. Um, you have the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke, yep. um, the ten lepers in Luke. But um, if first, I, I put here 1 Corinthians one twenty six to 29, Paul writes... For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble of birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And, I mean, this, you know, to to choose what's low and no one fits low and despised more than this Mm. woman, you know. Um... And again, her being unnamed, I think, is pointing to that. Be- just being a woman, any woman, anybody would recognize this as an oppressed person, you know. Yeah. Whereas Nicodemus is named, and she's just not. So it's like it's a symbol, it's a like archetype of oppressed oppressed people. Yeah, you know. No, I agree with you. Yeah, my face isn't that. I'm I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm interrupt. I just no good. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the idea of what you're saying. How that the giving of the idea. Those who gave up more had more reason to follow. Those who had less at the start and and didn't have any value anywhere else were the ones that were natural to follow, mm-hmm. right? So those her idea she didn't have an identity she could be proud of, so that's why it was easy for her to take one that was loving and graceful. Mm-hmm. When the other guys had identities they could take pride in. Mm. Yeah. Today, mm. I'm not sure if there is an identity that we're allowed to be ashamed of in our culture. Like, Wait, what? If, like, is there an identity mm. today where our culture defines as shameful? Being a Christian. Being a Christian is the only yeah. one I can think of where it's like, I mean, there's no gender identity that's shameful. There's no sexual identity that's shameful. There's no your infidelity. Is, you, you I mean, it, it, well, I think it now it depends on the – there's not this overarching one that everyone agree with upon, but now with like uh, identity politics, it's it's perceptive based on who you are. But I'm saying there's not one. Like even like pedophilia in certain places is like as that would be like generally accepted as the identity you should not be proud of. Yeah. Right. It's now being legalized in certain areas and like not they're called like child attracted persons. Like there there, there isn't like a ge- uh, overall accepted category of identity that's shameful. Mm-hmm. In our in, in America, in America. In America. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, yeah. So how did, I was just curious, like how that would affect today, today, yeah, like well, how that would affect us coming to Christ. It's hard. I think I see what you're saying. I think it's hard in America, but I do think I think the closest. Well, once we get into like the the historical ha- hatred of the Samaritans and yeah. vice versa, because it was mutual. I think the closest thing would be um, Muslims and and versus Jews and Christians today. Okay. That that would be the closest. Well, it's not right. We've we've, for the most part, societies have evolved to n- not hatred. Oh, okay. How about Israeli Palestinians? Okay, that's a close one. Um, mm-hmm. where it's still similar to kind of how it was back then, where it's actually there's Muslims and and, and Jews, or it's the Abrahamic faith. It's mm-hmm. you're really brothers and sisters, but doctrinally and and years of mm-hmm. things changed. And it develops a hatred and well, entitlement. But what's mine and what's yours and this, this and that. Like, that makes sense for me for like the, the nation, the, the 
the Samaritan aspect of her identity that was shameful in that moment, but the but idea the woman of gender part. role and the harlot role that she has, right? Like divorcee. Like none of those identities would be sh are, are considered shame today um, in our general culture. Mm. So there's a lot less to run from because nobody's telling you what you're doing is wrong. Correct. I just, yeah, I think the only way to land on this anything is, is to be, depends what party you're, like, it depends what group of people you're. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. I was just I was thinking out loud. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm, the idea that she had no identity to claim that would redeem her. Yeah. And that's why Christ's identity was so insanely important. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now it's like you could, your, your identity, no matter what you create, is valuable. Mm -hmm. So when you create your valuable identity, it's like it's, it, you cling to that yeah. instead of releasing it. Because you know, a lot of times these identities that you create aren't compatible with the identity of Christ. Yeah. And that's right now. We're not in America's history. Yeah. You know no, that, yeah, specifically right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I just, no, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. So really, though, this is the interesting thing where Jesus is really like he's breaking every social taboo and not hmm. not biblical, not law, but he's breaking every traditional taboo. And this is the part that it's like why I question, like, is he the only one with the authority and ability to live above reproach? Hmm. Because he's with the woman in public. He's with a Samaritan and he's with an impure person. Like they couldn't even, they couldn't even, well, you, you, you see when Peter goes, uh, when Peter goes uh, to the soldier, he's like, he, after the, after the, the sheet gets dropped down when he's, in, when he's on the uh, house of Simon the Tanner and he, he originally wasn't even supposed to go into the house of somebody who wasn't Jewish. So it's like, there's a lot of these taboos that are being broken here, but it's tradition, but it's like, is Jesus the only one that's, allowed to live above reproach because we talk about it all the time where it's like yeah if a girl wants advice just don't do it in private and it's like oh, okay yeah I get it because you don't want to think this to get misconstrued but clearly the disciples were like what's he doing talking to a woman like yeah I would say that yes and yes I would say yes to your question like she, is he the only one who can live above reproach because specific I mean I, I don't think above reproach and, and the instance I'm thinking of is like if you're talking about talking to a you know we talk about gender yeah. roles and, and addressing someone. He's in public and his temptation is in check. Like as to today's – according to like what I would think today would be the the things you'd have to uh, put in place to live above reproach, he's currently doing. Even though he's breaking cultural, he's not tempting himself. He's not going to her in private. He's doing it in public. Like, But then – yeah, I, I get your question. and I do think he is the only one who would be able to know – what above approach would look like. Yeah. But when it comes to like traditions and stuff, I, I think that we can, we can break those. Well, we always bring up the gender one. That's not a tradition for me. I'm thinking like cultural tradition. Right. What would, what, give me an example. Do you have one? Um, this like here, it would be him talking to, I mean, if that, uh, here I'm trying to think of like nationality-wise. I mean, he, he he talked to a Samaritan at all is a cultural tradition he broke, right? Yeah, another one was talking to a woman in public. That yeah. was the main one they were shocked with. Yes, which would be a cultural tradition, right? Yeah. The above approach that we talk about today is above approach for image, and there's the flip side of sexual temptation. You don't right? think they thought any of that? I don't know what you're re referring to. Him being with a woman alone? 
Like, you don't think that the disciples can be like, uh, this ain't a good look, dude. Like, you yeah. know? I, I, st- I, that, to me, crosses all centuries. Yeah. Being alone with a woman, being alone with the other sex is a, mm. would, to me, it would span, there's no timeline for that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think to the disciples it looked like that. Just because they know they know who he is, yeah. Know? So they're like they're like there's no way, absolutely no way. But I mean, to other people who who just see two people, don't really know who they are. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a question though. Is the is this his first time, like recorded of him like breaking those cultural uh, norms? Because we know he does that. Like we know he has dinner, uh, with, yeah. with the tax collectors, you yeah, know, the prostitutes and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Is this his first like recorded breaking quote unquote breaking of the taboo? Well, this is it depends what that's cons- depends what we consider by that because he just cleansed the t- he just flipped tables at the temple. Right. So I don't know if is, do you count that as Well, I was I'm really referring to like like being with somebody who you're not supposed to be with. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This would be the first one of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah while you were reading, I just I just yeah. thought of that. I think a lot of the like I'm just trying to process it because I, I think of the some of the cultural norms that he's breaking were previously established standards of morality by the Old Testament that were immoral. Like not being able to talk to someone of a different race is not something he established. That was a man's – like that was a, a, a immoral cultural aspect that he's breaking, right? Talking to someone of a different nationality yeah. is a man-made barrier Correct. Yeah. that he's breaking that he never intended to be there. So him breaking that – and us breaking that would be not that wouldn't who any results of that wouldn't wouldn't be our our fault, right? Living above reproach and breaking cultures that are cultural standards that are sinful makes sense to me. But the aspect of the only one that that it's summed me up is the, the talking to the girl alone. Idea. Well, right, and and is that and, just because his he knew who was going to be looking and he knew that he couldn't be tempted? It's like that's what that's I, my I don't original know. question is he is he the only one technically allowed to? Because not yeah. only that, but what also doesn't look good. Because she's out there in the middle of the day for a reason. Because she can't be with the regular women. Yeah. So he could be waiting there to like take advantage. Well, the context yeah. is, which is also actually the cool thing. He she says she's had five husbands, and the one you're with now isn't He's currently your husband. Mm-hmm. So that's six. It's another six imagery, like the six water. Mm-hmm. It's incomplete. It's an incomplete. And Jesus is our husband. He comes mm-hmm. along as the seventh bridegroom. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. So. Hmm. It also doesn't look good. It'd be one thing if it was a regular woman, but it's like when you got this, uh, you know, yeah. got a rough background. Now it looks even worse. Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be worse if you like? I mean, I'm, it doesn't necessarily, by the way, say she's a prostitute or anything like that. But if you saw me with a girl in public, wouldn't it look a lot worse if it was somebody who had six husbands? Yeah. Right. So it's even more context. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, he might be. Yeah, like I said, he's. Yeah. The forethought too is that. I think that's that he knew he needed to go there, right? So he yeah. knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that, that is an important context. Like, if that were you, I don't know how your motives would like. You, you were at this this well, like. Yeah, mine would be. I accidentally stumbled upon this person. Yeah, not like yeah. I didn't walk all the way here from Jerusalem for this person. Yeah, yeah. Well, my help. My point before was I. I when there's something, I'm not worried about being above reproach when you're breaking down immoral cultural traditions. That's why, like, I don't think you have to worry yeah. about for any other fact than the, than the gender one here, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed, yeah. So I have no answer to your Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Cole, what do you think? I'll be honest, I've been lost a little bit. 
What did, what did we lose you? No, no, no. As in like uh, EQing stuff and, and things. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> not like lost in the conversation. Like literally lost in the technology. Got it. I, okay. I apologize. I will say I have never thought of it like that before. Like like what did it look like to out, other people. outside people, yeah. like outside the conversation, outside the disciples? What did it look like was going on? Mm. You know, because if I'm thinking of of what happened in like what we saw in The Chosen, it was – Way outside the city, yeah. you know, there's no way people could have seen. Right, but like in the bot, like was it that far? It was. It, it was. It was a good amount. Of it distance. was a good amount. Yeah. So, do you think people? I mean, I guess anything. Like people could have been out there. You mm-hmm. know, I guess. Um, I but, get the very isolated image though, and whenever I read this, I picture like it's yeah. just those two. No right. one else can even see it. Yeah, that's what I've always thought of. But does that I make it better or worse? <laughs> you know I, I guess. Well, better that Jesus knew no one would see it. Because uh, same thing, if I was to like, if I told you like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with this girl. Oh, we're going to Cassianos. We're going to a coffee shop. But I was like, oh, we're going to the woods. Which one sounds worse? You know, like, yeah. Uh, well, we had the recorded outcome. I would say this this one's better. But like, yeah, yeah. You know, hmm. Going to the woods. <laughs> it's like you would immediately be like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, yo, Adam, I'm gonna take this prostitute into the woods <laughs> yeah, exactly. to tell yeah. her about like, Jesus. Hmm, yeah. Okay. And by the way, that's a that's a thing we kind of read into that. Like, it doesn't necessarily say she was a prostitute. Like, we don't know why she could have been five widows. She could have been a widow of five. Yeah. Because uh, not yeah. like other prostitutes, where where he or he doesn't condemn it. He says, "Go and sin." He doesn't tell this woman to sin no more. There's really no indication indication yeah. of sin outside of the fact that. You've had five husbands. Like, what about the fact that she's there and is ashamed to be there and can't go with the other girls? Don't you think that'd be because of she had five husbands? Right. That's just an, but imp- it, an impurity. Something is. Something is. We don't know the context. We're just reading that into that. Okay, but the fact that she went there by herself, I thought we've always like the general implication is that it was because she had to go there by herself at that time of day. Well, that's just reading it. That's what I'm saying. It's reading into okay. it. We don't necessarily know. That's a pretty strong inference, though, right? Like, wouldn't she just go with everybody else? Yeah, but she could have been immorally painted as impure. Because like, her husband's had... died? Yeah. Or, or, well, no, we don't know that, though. I'm just saying Bad it's omens. like you can't... Yeah, Bad I'm saying, omens. like, I, 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 I think it's a pretty strong inference, though, to say that there's some immoral part. Like, society's not, society's not condemning her because at, her husband's died. At least with the last one, because it says the last one is not your husband. But you're yeah. living with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's there at some, least, the, yeah. Yeah. with the one, I, I agree with Joe that it's not, the, it might not be the five, but yeah. at least this one is. Yeah, the one is. My yeah, guess is a couple of them died or something. <laughs> like, I, I think it's coming multitude of reasons. Yeah, yeah. To have I mean, all five old, of them. Old Testament it, things were like, if you, if you married a guy and, and he died, then his brother was not your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, or it could be because this is what this is actually what I think it is that she's marrying for provision. Mm. Yeah, because that was common mm-hmm. back then, mm-hmm. especially for a woman. You can't do anything, yeah. so you would just marry literally just for to be provided for. I mean, it's also what the, the show he referenced implies as well. Yeah, yeah right. And it, so it, it could be that just her husband's divorced her, right? Correct. Yeah, it yeah. may not have been husband, anything. A husband on. could divorce back then for any reason, really. Yeah. So maybe she was just annoying, and, and five times in a row she just got. Divorced. I don't know. Literally, yeah. can you imagine? Yeah, like I don't know. So, but I, she's just marrying for provision, and here here comes the seventh guy. Can you imagine if you were that annoying that you're my husband? Yeah, dude, I can't do this. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, the voice of Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah.
so I think a massive thing about this is to learn the history of the hatred between Jews and Samaritans to really understand. Do you think it's necessary? I believe it's necessary. Okay. I have a dream. Hmm. Um, that one day. So it's been, so so. I feel like because I feel like a lot of everybody knows about that hatred, but maybe not necessarily where it comes from, um, and and the history behind it. Something tells me you're going to tell us a little bit more. Well, I don't have to. So no, I did not. Reading I'd love rainbow. To. Um, but yeah, so in First Kings, uh, basically, it's the divide between the southern and the northern kingdoms, and uh, so Solomon uses slave labor to rebuild the city of David. And he, he hires Jeroboam as the lead of, of the slave labor. And Jeroboam gets uh, convicted by that, and he receives uh, a word from the Lord. He, the Lord says, the Lord will tear the kingdom out of the hands of Solomon and will give, you ten tribes, uh, give ten tribes to you. So God lets Solomon keep two, uh, Benjamin and Judah. Mm-hmm. So they're the, the two southern ones, and then the ten go to the northern kingdom. Um, and he does that so that Judah remains still in Jerusalem. It's a messianic fulfillment, redemptive history. Um, so Solomon dies, and then his son Rehoboam becomes king. So essentially, to sum the whole entire the thing up, they continuously go to war with each other, the northern and the south, and eventually Assyria comes and takes over the northern kingdom of Israel. And in that, they start intermarrying with all these people that... Assyria brings in. So Assyria's bringing in Babylonians, Assyria's bringing in all these people, and uh, the capital city of the northern ten tribes was Samaria. And they, now they start intermarrying, and they become what the Jews, the pure Jews from Judah would call half-breeds. They would call them dogs. Like, they're not purely Jewish. Mm-hmm. And then later, eventually, the southern king gets taken to Babylon, when they, when they come out of Babylonian exile, Nehemiah and Ezra, uh, when they're trying to rebuild Jerusalem, the ten northern tribes fight against that. And this is where these, this is where these two, they don't, want, they don't want Jerusalem, they don't want the temple again in Jerusalem mm-hmm. because they have a temple up in the northern tribe. Yeah. And this is where the two mountains come in when he, when he says, oh, her immediate thing when she recognizes that Jesus is a prophet is her next question immediately is, which mountain is the better mountain to worship on? That's how much of a that's how much of a cultural a cultural yeah impact it it had. Like she wanted she needed to know the answer because that was like the, the biggest thing, mm-hmm. um, and the answer is Jerusalem, you know. And and Jesus says salvation comes from the Jews, um, which is crucial. Uh, to, even you even see that in, throughout Acts, right? When when he tells the apostles to go out Jerusalem, Judea, Judea. Samaria, Samaria, then the outermost parts of the earth, right? So it's in that order. Jerusalem, then right surrounding Jerusalem, Judea, which is Judah, same thing. Mm-hmm. And then, then Samaria, because they're half-breeds, mm-hmm. then the rest of the world, then the rest of the earth. So it's like you're following that order. Um, so essentially, that's the, that's the history of the Samaritans have always been a thorn in the side of the Judeans, and then Vice versa, the Judeans have always kind of oppressed the Samaritans because they weren't pure and they, you know, they thought they bailed on them over all these years. And, and it just constantly, again, back to like restoration, it just never went addressed and it continued to grow. Mm. 
So back to the, as far as like the locations of these, south is Judah, in the middle is Samaria, and in the north is Galilee. So when it says Jesus was going to Galilee, you had to pass through, you either go all the way you around could, it. Yeah. The, the main reference to him going through Samaria that I've, I've just heard explained when pastors have taught through this. Like I remember from a Camp Halawasa sermon that I heard way back in the day that was like, just Samaria was a place that wasn't safe for Jews to walk through or they either not safe or were to cause hostility. So the best way would have been to walk around it and instead mm. he chooses to walk through it. And that's yeah. what like shows how intentional God is when he's seeking yeah. out his children. Yeah. Right? So that's like a, a, a nice, like short, concise way to be like, this is the heart of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but never really beyond that for any historical context. Right. Or, so I appreciate that. That's it's a nice little yeah, thing. In, in, in essence, the Samaritans were the were the Jews' current Ninevites. Okay, that was their Nineveh, mm-hmm. and Jesus broke that down as the better Jonah. Yeah, and I, I, comparing it back to Nicodemus when we talked about him too. There's there's elements. I don't. The one I had written down, the only one I think that we didn't mention uh, was the aspect of water. And, and how Nicodemus is baptized in the water and the spirit. Or yeah. that, that's how salvation comes. Yeah. And here we have, like, I'll give you living water. Right. It's and then that, both of those things are, and both of these stories, I think the, the overall intention is him, him telling them that salvation is not just to the Jews n- anymore. Mm. You know, like, right. And so to Nicodemus is breaking down his national, uh, his, his perception of salvation as nationally birthed. Right. Um, as a descendant of the Jews, and to her, to letting her know that you can acquire it as a Gentile. I know she's Sumerian, but like... Half Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but she's yeah, not, I mean, she's not of the them... same birth as, as right. Nicodemus. Yeah. So it's interesting. He's, it, he's talking to both. So like you're talking about one's a Jew, one's kind of half breed. Half Jew, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so that's another difference, I would say, a, almost a contrast where mm-hmm. one's like a, a purebred Jew, one's right, not. Yeah. Um, that's a terrible phrasing. I don't know but if that's right. It's really what they Sorry, consider yeah. pure bread. It felt, it felt wrong. I don't know. But like golden retrievers. They, they weren't bread. <laughs> sort, pure, of, sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just 100% yeah. Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both washed by the water become right. saved. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. I do like um, when you were talking about like the history of everything, mm-hmm. um, even in uh, John 4 in verse 12, she says, are you greater than our father, Jacob, right. who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? That completely goes along with it. She's saying, like, we have the same history. Like, we come exactly. from the same roots. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. are, like, is this is this well better? Like, is it not? You right. Know, what, what is, you know, are you guys better than us kind of thing? Yeah, you absolutely, know? yeah. And mm-hmm. I think she goes, I mean, she could really, she could only go back I think Jacob was a significant one she brought up because she could. Jacob was the father of the ten, of the twelve tribes, mm-hmm. so Jacob was Israel. So yeah. that's as far back as you can go before the division. And she's talking about division right now, mm. right? So and mm. Jesus is that bridegroom that reunites all the tribes and that long-awaited Messiah. So, but you know, it's like they're at Jacob's well, and she brings up Jacob, who was the unifier of all the. 12 tribes. I don't think that the six can be the six imagery that you said with the six husbands can be a coincidence. Like I don't like in yeah. alignment with the six jars right. in alignment with yeah. the creation imagery. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's like, if, if I were reading, I'd be like, okay, that's really clever how we worked that one six in there, but it's a, it's a chance with like the jars. Yeah. Like that was really, that was really cute. Nice mm-hmm. job, John. But yeah. you get to hear, you're like, oh my gosh, does it again. Like, yeah. Does it again and again and again. And then mm-hmm. you have the seven miracles and the seven, yeah. you know, seven signs. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven I am statements. Yeah. Seven I am statements. I mean, it's just it's it's so intentional. Yeah. With everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that Jacob reference was like that was the one 
person that united the Jews yeah. and the Samaritans. They're like, oh, Jacob is our father. Yeah. Before the division. Before the division started. Yeah. And I really like how she says that. Like, she references that. Right. You know, because it shows the connection. Yeah, in, and, the, in the past. Yeah, similar know. to like the the wine at the wedding. Mm. There was a there was a spiritual famine. Yeah. Like so, Jacob provided this well that provided yeah. actual water, yeah. and Jesus is coming to provide to living water. To replace that with the, right. the living water. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the living water is cool because living water, but that basically meant back then what's well, got an insane amount of significance. But the, really, what that meant was just moving mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. at its at its simplest. It's mm-hmm. just because a well is stagnant water. And so it was like the cisterns that they saved wells, that they saved water in, collected rainwater in. It's just stagnant water. So and it's not healthy to drink. Like yeah, after a while, I mean, water like vitality. mosquitoes and like, yeah. Yeah. So. I, this is really dumb. Yeah. I, isn't wells, isn't it moving? Isn't it like underground rivers? Isn't that what a well is? I'm going to sound really dumb now. No, it's dug. Yeah, but. Yeah. Like when you dug and hit, hit water. Yeah. Because there's water underground, right? right? That's what I'm saying. So it is moving. It, it has to replenish. But it can so become it, stagnant. Yeah. Is that what, okay. It can become stagnant over okay. time. I know that. I'm well, well when you put so. your when you put your pail down, it, you're not putting it into flowing rivers. You're putting it into a, a pool of water. Gotcha. But I think like the, the it, like underneath it is filling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I honestly don't know what the bottom of a well would even like look like. Is it? I, yeah. I don't know. Gotta ask Jacob. Yeah. Or the Samaritan woman. Or yeah. somebody who owns a well. Vince. Vince. He just saw his, so we can ask him. So the Samaritan woman, if we're looking at this in in a a broader context of of today, if you you guys were to teach a lesson, all right, or if you were to teach like a devotion or a sermon or uh, run a Bible study, Mm -hmm. um, what what would you pull out of this to teach people today? Like if you were to – we did the read and explain, related Mm -hmm. a little bit. What, what is the heart of this message that you think that people need to hear today that, that, that John wanted the, the people of God to, to know? Salvation is not exclusive. Hmm. It's for hmm. everybody. It's for everybody. You know? Yeah, regardless of your past. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And your that's, heritage. That's kind of what I was thinking. The, mm-hmm. the combination of last week for uh, Nicodemus, salvation for all, for all have sinned. Um, not for all of them, that's Romans. Yeah. Uh, but uh, whosoever believes. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, that he knows us. Which mm-hmm. is connecting from uh, chapter one um, knows us and everything that we've done to chapter four now that he knows our past and still loves us and still wants to give us living water and still wants to be our savior. Yeah, and I think that's like the that's the that's the heart of this is that for me what sticks out the most what makes the story separate to me other than the historical context and everything. <laughs> Then other times where Jesus spoke to people one-on-one and offered salvation is the fact that he acknowledged her past to her face. Mm-hmm. And it was dark. And like he's very confrontational in, in how he brings it up. It's not beating around the bush. Um, it's not it's no rise and walk. Your sins are forgiven you. It's I know you have had five like I, mm-hmm. I know you. I know the worst part of you, and I know the part that's made you distinct and peculiar to your your culture. I know everything now drink this mm-hmm. or take this living water I, that that's that's a, the beautiful gospel message of this to, mm-hmm. to me and i think like you guys all said it but like the way the cold phrase is, is what i'm it's yeah the salvation is offered to all and he knows you mm. i've seen you under that tree yeah you know oh, yeah. yeah 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 i so i went through this for 
we've talked about gospel fluency before, but the fruit, the root, I chose the story to go through and look at this story with, the, okay, who is God? Who is this woman in light of God? And, and all these things, right? What is she doing? What is, and going backwards. And it floored me because that exactly what you're saying. It's, this was the first person in her life that didn't condemn her. Whether it was the mm-hmm. Jews because of her race, whether it was the people in Samaria because of her her past, what, you know, it, it, what made me what what I feel like a big part of her recognizing him as the Messiah is she she runs away saying he knew everything I've ever as mm. he's he's known everything I ever did, mm-hmm. and not in the sense of like oh he's a psychic, more in the sense of like and he didn't condemn me mm-hmm. like and that's what I like that hit me that yeah that like when you know somebody. Right, like just not like not head knowledge, but like the the we heart, talk about like yeah. the heart knowledge of like you know your your person, right? And like, I just lost my train of thought. Well, and just tying that back into like the a previous episode, we talked about reconciliation. Mm. Like that's what true reconciliation is: is knowing the worst mm. parts of that person and choosing to restore anyway. Right. You and, know, and for us, that knowing is because. We are not the worst that we have ever been, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. we are not, we are not made up of just the worst that we are. Yeah, that uh, there's there's Christ inside us, and so there should be reconciliation for others mm. who the worst whatever they're doing isn't all that they are. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I don't know what the phrase is, but I, it's like something there's like something, you're not the worst, just some of your worst of, parts or something yeah, like that. Something like that. So <laughs> yeah. in, in this moment, Jesus sees that she is not the the sum of her worst whatever yeah. it is, and whatever the phrase is. And sees her for who she really is, which is like we've talked a lot, a image bearer, child of God, and like someone who is lost and seeking and who wants to be filled. And he calls her out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And and like we're saying, but the fact that he actually knows her and like all these people who are, are, you know, whatever reason she's here by herself, it's like some may actually know her and some might have just heard gossip. Yeah. You know, it's like she might just be hated for wrong reasons. You know, it's like whatever whatever it is, it's like he knows the actual reasons and chooses her anyway. Mm. Um, not hearsay. Yeah. Yeah, there are... Do you guys have any people in, in your lives that you believe are castigated like this woman is by societal standards? Like anybody you could think of that today would be cascaded as mm-hmm. immoral? Yeah. I don't want you to name them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that would be weird if you did. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh. Shout out to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would not end well. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's at the stable, Josh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, do you think that you've always viewed them in the way that Christ viewed the Samaritan woman? Hmm. The person you're thinking of? Oh, it, it, it fluctuates, mm-hmm. you know, okay. in times. Yeah, that's just just in general. That's how I operate. Like in mm-hmm. times, I can I can have a heart of Christ where I'm looking at everybody as image bearers of God, and there's times mm-hmm. where I absolutely do not, mm-hmm. and the slightest flaw like drives me nuts. Yeah, you know. And I think one of the biggest testimonies that a, a believer can have is when they do this. When they t- like, I think for me, and this is don't take this out of context, but like when I find when I know that at a church that is Bible believing, biblical based, and there's someone there that struggles with like a sexual sin on their sleeves is welcomed in that congregation. Mm. Like to me, that's a powerful testimony of the heart of that church mm-hmm. where not just the pastor, but the congregation doesn't feel make that person feel shamed. Yeah. If that person dresses outside of the gender norm, you mm-hmm. know, or that person mm-hmm. is openly gay and they're in that congregation mm-hmm. and those yeah. people love on them and, and bring them in like that to me is like, that's a good church. Yeah. You know, and not affirming, not, not going, that's about, yeah, yeah, out yeah, of yeah, context, yeah, yeah. but just you need Jesus too. 
you know, mm-hmm. as the same amount or <laughs> as I do. Yeah, recognizing that we're all sinners and gone astray and all have our issues. We're not perfect and like building each other up, and that we're all here for each other. Yeah, for the same for the same reasons that we all just need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like he said just as much as, or if not more, than the next person. Yeah, it's powerful. This would, yeah, I said this is one of the more powerful. I mean, this is the most one of the most taught on scriptures, like in the Bible, right? When the, whenever I hear a sermon, um, to that, if often yeah, when people a have question, like, like, what do you what do you think you've heard the most? I would say prodigal, this. not including. Yeah. Not including the, the, obviously the cross and the resurrection. I would say like, this is the number one. You think so? Even even pastors that have come and spoken in our church, and they're only coming for like a one time mm-hmm. deal. Like Pastor Ed referenced this his first time. Um, the I forget the other guy who came and spoke about sheep, but it was referenced in that one. It's a good. It's because there are so many layers to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many different topics it it covers truthfully. And it's a and it's a message that would hit home. Where if you, no matter who you are, you're walking in. If you're self-aware and you know that you're at, at you're fallen, yeah, and, you know. Which I, I know we talk about this a lot with John. Just goes to show it's it's not anywhere else in the Bible, right? This is John's the only one yeah. that yeah. describes this. Another reason picking this that, that there's just so much that goes into this. Like we we're talking about, like the the gender and social norms that Jesus breaks down, and just how complex the story is, and how many avenues you can look at it, and it it, it just goes to show like. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and we didn't even get to the I know. biggest part. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The, the we just, water part. We've so just like skimmed yeah. skimmed the top so far. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I think this one. I think um, pen. Well, you might have to go over for this. Um, uh, Pentecost. That might be a big one too. No. My oh, like, like I said, Bible part, but I. You don't hear from that one. I don't hear like sermons okay. on it that often. But so I really a, only hear from my pastor most of the time, and he teaches through the Bible verse by yeah. verse. So yeah. I'll hear it one every twenty years. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I think you kind of mentioned that the prodigal son might be the only other one that I I've heard multiple different sermons on, but not prodigal multiple. Son, that's a good one. Yeah, but not multiple different ways. Like mm. it's usually the same. same yeah. Like yeah, which is a good reminder. But it's not like oh, I've never looked at the story this way. Yeah, one more I can think of that I've heard at least more than once is the Saul Paul conversion. Like on the road to Damascus, yeah, I hear reference. The road to Damascus, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. See another good one. Living water, yeah, yeah. So, because um, it's obviously a huge part of this uh, chapter, but um, so living living water always was surrounded be- between two things: either the Feast of Tabernacles or uh, the Spirit during the Messianic Age. Mm-hmm. And so we already talked about the the new the new wedding feast that brings in the Messianic Age. John's clearly painting this picture: the so joy with wine, that, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So uh, the judgment in the temple. Then he meets Nicodemus, who's trying to figure out if he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Then he brings in this living water imagery again, right? So you hear it connected to the Feast of Tabernacles later in John 7, when at the last day, the greatest day of the feast, which John deliberately says, Jesus says, out of me pours rivers of living water. This is when the priest would walk around with the water and bless it and pray for rain for the next mm-hmm. year. That's when Jesus says that. It's one of his I am statements. Um, but 
it comes from Ezekiel. And when Jesus says out of me uh, comes rivers of living water, or when he's telling this uh, Samaritan woman this, um, he's claiming to be the temple. Because in Ezekiel, Ezekiel has this vision that from the temple will pour out these mm-hmm. from the east, from the west, from the north, these mm-hmm. rushing, healing rivers of water that anything that touches it will be healed and this, this, and that. Like, that it's coming from pouring out from the temple. So it's interesting that in John, she talks about uh, which, mount, like, which mountain do we have to worship on? And that's her question because that's what divided them. And he says, there's, there's going to be a time where there's no mountain. And actually that hour is now. And he's, he's claiming to be the temple. The temple is not on any mountain anymore. I'm the temple. Yeah. And then he says, like, out of me flows, living flows water. rivers of living mm-hmm. water. Right? So and, um, the messianic age comes from Zechariah. He says, uh, moreover, on that day, living waters will flow from Jerusalem, mm-hmm. half toward the eastern sea and half toward the western sea, both in the summer and in the winter. Adonai will be the king over all the earth. On that day, Adonai will be one and his name one. So that's just Zechariah bringing in the messianic age. But in Ezekiel 40, he says, In the visions of God, this is the vision, he took me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. On it toward the south was something like the structure of a city. He took me there, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze. Chapter 47. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down to the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters go there. For they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month, because their water flows from the sanctuary. That's directly in Revelation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for medicine. <clears throat> Thus you shall divide this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. It shall be that you will divide it by lot as an inheritance for yourselves, and for the strangers who dwell among you, and who bear children among you. They shall be to you as native born among the children of Israel. They shall have an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And it shall be that in whatever tribe the stranger dwells, there you shall give him his inheritance. So connecting to the living water, and then the, it ends with this, uh, they shall be to you as native born. Hmm. Because the Samaritan woman did not feel as native born. Hmm. They were half-bred. And, um, and uh, you read the Zacharias. that continue on to talk about like... Uh, the enemies coming to to join them for yes, the feast yes. of because uh, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about this before uh, and that just again at the feast of tabernacles at the feast of tabernacles Zechariah is always read yeah mm-hmm. and uh, that just solidifies the this is for everybody this mm-hmm. is a symbol for you right now but eventually this is for everybody to come together yeah and enjoy in is this yeah is this is this part of this from um, the Jewishness of Jesus the um, Dusting, uh, Dust, Rabbi, uh, yeah. sorry, the Dust Jesus. of Rabbi Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. like, I remember yes. being blown away by this, the John 7 yeah. explanation. Mm-hmm. Right, so in, right, in John During 7, feast. right. Like, I think, oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, yes, yeah, it's just the Feast of Tabernacles is mainly, it's a eight-day feast, mm-hmm. right? So it's seven plus one. It's the last feast, right? It connects, it's a long thing, but it connects mm-hmm. into like one day we'll have mansions, right? So the, the Jews were supposed to make up tabernacles. Little booths, make up little booths and live in them for seven days, Suc- eight days, sorry. Sukkot? Suc- Sukkot, yeah. Sukkot. It's, well, the Feast of Tabernacles is called Sukkot. Mm-hmm. And they're, make, they're supposed to make these little sukkahs and live in them for eight days. And then in those eight days, they would, they would, they would reflect back on when Israel was in the wilderness living in little huts. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's to reflect back on that and then look forward to the 
the new earth yeah. where we all have man. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And then they march around. Correct. And then, then in Jerusalem, they marched around. They, they got water from the pool mm-hmm. of Siloam or Bethsaida. I can't remember which Not one. Not Bethsaida, Siloam. Siloam. Yeah. They got water from the pool of Siloam. And they paraded it seven times around. And then they said a certain prayer. And in, during that, right before that prayer where there was silence, Jesus says, I am uh, uh, out of me pours river, rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. At the, and John even writes, the greatest day of the feast, which was that mm-hmm. day. It's the um, the eighth day where they're like basically the praying day, right. for rain. So for seven nice. plus one would be the mm-hmm. the end all be all. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all connected. The, again, back in the we always talk about this. Like a Jew would have the rivers of living flow. Like they would have thought Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Um, a Jew reading this, however, Samaritan wouldn't because they only use the first five first. books of the Pentateuch of the Bible. Of the, of the, yeah. yeah, the Pentateuch. Cool. Yeah. So. Living water imagery, always messianic age, the spirit, and piece of tabernacles. I, I'm, I, just because you said uh, a Samaritan wouldn't have understood it, I, I'm trying to remember her response. Did she just not get it at the beginning? The, the fact that he says living water? And, and later then... Doesn't she say, like, where, do, uh, where, do yeah, I where find would I water? find this? Yeah. Yeah, 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 where would I find this? Right, so she's not getting the living water reference, but I think she's getting the temple reference. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't get it because she says, yeah. where's this water? I'm right. thirsty. Yeah. She's thinking yeah, yeah. literal. Yeah, know? literal or or temple imagery. So the she's Gita saying, Agua. like, yeah. which temple or where should I be getting this which from? Which mountain we're going to be worshiping? Not yeah. necessarily, I am mm-hmm. the water that you're, you're seeking, which he does later on say. Yeah. I am who you, you speak of. I am he. And this is one of those where it's like, it's not necessarily an obvious hyperlink. Like, you know, when he's talking to Nicodemus, he goes, I am the, I am yeah. the one lifted up. This is an obvious one. Mm-hmm. But to know, almost so that you know that it is the one, the connection, this exact imagery, is he, almost verbatim, Ezekiel 47 is in Revelation. Mm. And John okay. writes Revelation as well. Like, so he knows that scripture John, very well. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one talking, the reference talking about the rivers flowing from the throne? And, yeah, and there's and a tree the, on the both trees, sides that yeah. heals mm-hmm. and bears okay. fruit every yeah. month. And yeah. Could you were listening to the Revelation study. <laughs> I remember some things. <laughs> That's awesome. So, living water, man. That's uh, that's the usually again. Like if we're pulling, it, if we're at this point, the salvation, the fact that he knew her, and yeah, then mm-hmm. living water, like yeah. the three main things yes. that are pulled out of this mm-hmm. in sermons. Like, do you have living water? You know, yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. The salvation question at the end. Mm-hmm. Are you still drinking stagnant, a pool that runs dry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's wild. The imagery and the intention behind all of that. Yeah, he, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, and was Ezekiel? Whoa! Um, when I'm done, that little stutter. Uh, <laughs> he was born again. In, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need some living water. Um, in uh, the in the Nicodemus story, he referenced was it Joel a lot. Or is Ezekiel the main prophet he keeps reckon- referencing over and over Ezekiel again? Ezekiel again in in in, in the Nicodemus yeah. one too. Okay. Well, and then Exodus I, is the main. Yeah. Well, that's the serpent yeah, one. Yeah, but yeah. I, it, So far, even for the wedding at Cana, there was one. It, Joel was referenced to a few. Isaiah and Joel, Ezekiel. Hosea, Joel, Joel Amos. Three, yeah. 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 So we need to get you know Old Testament down, man. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We just need to know better. Again, we t- yeah we talk yeah. about this all the time mm-hmm. and, and and like. We talk about like, oh, you know, commentaries and this, this, and that. It's like really the only reason why we rely on commentaries is because we don't know our Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Something that I, like I need to work on. Yeah. Seriously, like mm-hmm. I read the New Testament so much, but and like I have a 
you know, I've done Bible studies with my friends in the past and stuff. And I think like we even said this, like towards the end of our time doing it, we're like, we need to do something from the old Testament, Mm -hmm. you know, and we did towards the end of our time. We did one old Testament book and I I forget which one it was because it was so long ago, but man, I need to, I need to read the old Testament. I I think what we fall into a lot and Joe and I have talked about this. The reason we read the new Testament so much is because it's so applicable. There's just like, yeah, do this thing or mm-hmm. don't do this thing, or this is how Jesus lived and you're supposed to be like modeling him. So it's just so much easier. But I, I think, was it last, or maybe two weeks ago, or two episodes ago, whatever we were talking about Isaiah and like the, the literal um, uh, application of what Isaiah just said. Mm-hmm. And it it's rare to get that, but without the context and um, the building blocks of the Old Testament, none of, this, none of the New Testament stuff would make sense. Yeah, we forget that like for the first like 20 years maybe further than that like the apostles just used the Old Testament to prove yeah, Christ. I was going to say it's 30 like they were just, years, right? Yeah, you know, and 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 then when they did finally start it was the gospels mm-hmm. and and the gospels were making hyperlinks expecting they were you know, they were still using the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have like little in the margins like reference yeah. <laughs> Exodus like yeah. And we talked about that too, where it's like I think John Collins on the on the Bible Project, where he's like, "Man, they're just writing, knowing that some people are going to miss this," mm. hmm. and and they're okay with that because you know, study to show yourself approved. Like, I I'm thinking back to um, Jesus's comments to uh, Thomas, where he's saying like, seeing and believing. Once Jesus has resurrected, mm-hmm. and he's saying, um, "Better are those who believe um, who have not seen." Yeah. Changing that just slightly into like the fact that better no my you brain the thought. yeah no, no 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 I I think it's wrong so I'm I'm disproving myself we'll but like uh, I'm just happy you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> the people who he's saying like even better are people who don't understand everything you know right now and everything you've seen and like aren't getting it but will still believe mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah, like yeah. I guess they, they don't understand all the the historical context and, and like all this like. What is it? Uh, oh my god! Oh my goodness! How many books? Are there? Sixty-six books in the Bible. How many are in the Old Testament? Thirty-nine. Is it thirty-nine? Okay, but like the, people might not get all that, but they will get Jesus. Yeah. And he's saying, like, blessed are those people. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a another layer of like not just the physicalness of like mm-hmm. seeing Jesus and his hands pierced and everything, but in the the literature and like knowledge context of like they might not know all this stuff, but they still believe. Yeah, I mean, she got it with only five books. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, or uh, I, I don't know if it's mentioned like the thief on the cross, like his background, but he may not have known anything. Right. Yeah. Sure. So the woman at the well. Joe, parting words. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was waiting for like this long monologue. Like no, I don't. Um, how do you close on this one? So I, if we if we have our mantra, encounter Christ, culture, and community, I think we, we demonstrated Christ's character in here, mm-hmm. demonstrated the culture yeah. of then, not today, which I think originally with our mantra, that was the idea as applied to today's culture. Yeah. But the more we study, the more we realize how that's irrelevant mm-hmm. in understanding the Bible. Um, and then community. So mm. The community part. Yeah, the, so the, the community part, like let's land the plane there. Uh, to me, it would be like really the only – person who has the authority to condemn is Christ 
and he didn't. So we need to remove that from our mm. like our atmosphere and mm. our spirits. Mm. Like just you know, we do and we don't have the authority. He had the authority and he didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. To someone who To someone right. Yeah. He definitely would. To an individual. He yeah. clearly just did that from cleansing the temple yeah. to a to an institution. And if you deny him, he condemns. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think like what else do we not have the authority to do that we do? Hmm. You know? Like what other than Oh jeez, God, that's a whole other thing. No, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. And it's like like that's I've been yeah, pulling yeah. people over on the highway. <laughs> I, just, I just I bought a little light license registration. <laughs> He's got the aviators. He's got like lottery tickets and I'm That would be so funny. It's illegal. But yeah, it would be pretty funny. To give people lottery tickets, like pull them over and lottery cops. tickets. Yeah, yeah you can't cops, do like yeah. the lights and everything. That would be so. F- that would There's, be hilarious. That's what Dwight does in the office. Dwight does it. Yeah. Oh, and the cop goes, "Go away, Dwight, or something." Yeah, because like he does it all the time. <laughs> There's, <laughs> There's like a comedian. I forget who it was. Who um. He, he has, like, a motorcycle, and he's got, like, the aviators, and he has, like, a hair blow dryer, and he sits on this one corner, and he just, like, oh, sits there and just <laughs> stares at people and watches them, like, slow down. Yeah, that's great. Um, just one it's way to It's a good it. question, but I don't yeah. – yeah. It, it was more rhetorical, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that would be, like, a whole other podcast yeah. and discussion. But it just – that made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think in contrast, not only are these salvation messages between Nicodemus and, and the Samaritan woman, but they're how we vacillate as Christians once you are saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like are yeah. you are you being approached by are you is Jesus seeking you in a moment where your identity is found in something else? Mm-hmm. Right. Or are you fleeing from your identity trying to find out who Christ is? Right? Yeah. Those are like so it's not I usually think of the salvation as the as a common like they also are telling about once you are a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You've been encountered. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely be Berean Christians. You have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture. So before you take anything at our word, please open the pages of your Bible, read them and find out what absolute truth looks like find it. And then the next step would be to reach out to us. And we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth. But first, take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible. And three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.